0: Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading, exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable high-speed internet. Today, I am joined by Iad Tarazi, CEO of Federated Wireless. We discussed the details of Federated's recent partnership with the city of Tukwala, Washington to deploy a private wireless network for 1,200 students in an area with limited connectivity, as well as what that deployment says about the role of private wireless in addressing the digital divide overall. We also discussed the federal government's $42.45 billion BEAD program and how Federated sees BEAD bolstering wireless deployments going forward. Iad, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Nicole. I'm I'm quite excited to be on this show and talk about Digital Divide with you.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. Um, The light reading audience is most likely familiar with Federated Wireless, but for anyone tuning in who isn't, why don't you just introduce yourself and share some brief background on the company and what you guys are focused on these days?
1: Very good. Thank you so much. We've been around for about eight years plus. We've started our business focusing on a new Spectrum model called Shared Spectrum. Probably the most famous part of it is the Citizens Broadband or CBRS Spectrum that's supposed to create a lot of new opportunities for deployments that we haven't traditionally seen, like Digital Divide, like Private Wireless for Automation, like DoD deployments. And once we got uh, the basic product out of, uh, to the market, which we're, Uh, North of somewhere between 45%, 50% today of the market for CBRS. Um, We started thinking about how to uh, create the applications that people would utilize the spectrum with. Uh, We have operators, we have cable companies, we have over 500 customers right now and growing, and over 170,000 radios or nodes already on the system. Uh, So that's quite a bit of an achievement, but one of the vision from day one, part of the vision was to create uh, new users, people mm-hmm. that don't have good access to the spectrum, people that aren't able to operate within the economics uh, that we've had. And so we've started enabling a couple of segments. One of them is digital divide. and. Uh, I think that's what we're going to talk about today. Thank you.
0: Indeed. Indeed it is. Yeah. So um, one of the reasons you guys are here is to talk about the digital divide, but specifically you recently announced a deployment in the city of Tukwala, Washington. If I'm pronouncing that correctly, you can also correct me if I'm not. I admit I've never been there, but um, I understand that this deployment is going to help close the digital divide for roughly 1,200 students. So I want to talk about that in some detail and the role that private wireless can play in addressing the digital divide in general. But first, taking a step back, why don't you tell me a bit about the digital divide in that city and the problem that the city was setting out to solve here?
1: Sure. Um, A good portion of the city doesn't have access to uh, good connectivity. And so they've noticed that um, a good portion of their students have, are either staying after class in order to finish their work because they didn't have reliable internet at home, or they would go and literally uh, sit in their cars in the parking lot outside of McDonald's or any place where they can get access to free internet in order for them to be able to do the work. Um, I give a lot of credit to the, uh, the Washington State, to their uh, broadband division, to their uh, commerce department and to the school district and the mayor and everybody, they banded together and they created a coalition to figure out a way to solve that problem. And they've provided, uh, grant money, uh, that they went around to find best in class support in order to solve that problem. And the solution they've had in mind is to find a way to provide, uh, Chrome laptops for about 1200 students uh, in areas that don't have good internet that are in essence, virtually connected to the schools. Um, they have full integration with the network. They have all of the class applications that are provided from Google. They have all the security, all the support, all the integration, everything that you would get in the school district, uh, you would also get similar to what you would have gotten in a school. And this way these students now can take these laptops, go home, uh, sit, relax in their you know, s- offices or at home or on the couch and have access to all the things they need to do and be more productive and be part of the community. And I think this is exactly what we all want to see. Um, if you look nationwide, uh, the FCC has counted somewhere between 10 to 20 million K-12 students that don't have access. So this is a small uh, version of the bigger problem we have, and we're excited to see it. Uh, work. And we're excited at the simplicity that it's taken us to actually make it happen. I was shocked at how quickly we were able to do it. So yes, this is very exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's really exciting. You have my mind going in a million directions um, as I think about this issue as it pertains to students. Um, But So I want to know a little bit more about how you guys came into the picture. You mentioned that it was a grant that you won. Um, How did the partnership with the city come about? Um, Tell me a bit more about the grant funding and what stage is all of this in right now?
1: Sure. Um, The grant funding was provided by the city and uh, specifically it came from their here, let me tell you specifically, their Washington State uh, broadband office. They mm-hmm. have set up a specific broadband office uh, that works with their uh, Commerce Department for Washington State, and it works directly with the schools and in collaboration with the Mayor Office. Uh, there's a CTO team uh, that works within the Mayor Office and works within the city. That is worked on defining requirements and issuing RFPs and looking for qualified suppliers, and we were one of the a few people that responded. Uh, we worked by you know doing surveys and analysis and planning, and we had to show them exactly how we will do it, what we will deliver on, and in the end we won the contract. Um, it includes the initial setup. It's roughly about eight cell sites or radios with some sectorization in them. Uh, They have some fiber network in the city that we were able to use, but we've done also a lot of Mm -hmm. point-to-point connections between these sites to make it work. Uh, We've also worked with the city on the the laptops that they brought in in order to integrate them and test them. Um, And we did the deployment. The contract also includes support for the next three years in order to make sure that it's fully automated, fully managed. We provide this as a managed service as well as an initial setup and we make it seamless for them, and we also give them the commitment that we will work with the community in any way they need us. If their needs have changed, if their geography have changed, in terms of where they want to target people, if they find new applications, if they run into security issues, whatever it is they run into in the future, if they upgrade their platform, that we want to be there to support them. The combination of being you know, uh, very efficient on cost, given that we use CBRS Spectrum and we use off-the-shelf equipment, Uh, We were able to deploy this network in roughly three months, four months, max, which is uh, quite a short period of time when you talk about big projects of that sort and the ability to provide them a full managed service end-to-end where they have one necktie, period. We have a big automated knock effort that we're able to use uh, and that we held ourselves accountable all the way to the laptop. All of these things helped them get comfortable. Uh, They created a coalition on their end, that has many, many people. It has in it uh, tribal communities, charter schools, uh, the King County IT department was part of it. Uh, There is a housing uh, project that was part of it. Uh, The school district provided a lot of work. Um, You know, I I can't say enough for uh, the spirit of collaboration, the the can-do that they've had as well. They moved very fast and they moved with a lot of uh, precision and determination. So I haven't really seen a better example lately of public-private collaboration where everybody's motivated, the end goal in mind is there, and people move very fast. And you bring people that are quite diverse background. In the end, the only thing that matters is these 1,200 students. They have access, they can do their work, and they can do it seamlessly.
0: Yeah. um, I would imagine speed of deployment is really important when you're talking about Connecting a school because you a kid only has so much time in a grade in a school you know you mentioned four months that's what half of a school year or or, or thereabouts or more um, or less I don't know I can't do that math in my head right now but it's a significant chunk of a school year and for it to take even longer than that would be detrimental so um, for these students then they're already up and running on the network is that's correct
1: the network is up and running Um, we're gonna be tomorrow handing out laptops (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, awesome! Okay, great. and so
1: the the ribbing cutting event is tomorrow, okay, um, great. in the afternoon in in Tukwala, and we're looking forward to it. Oh,
0: that's so exciting! And we'll so be able exciting. to bring
1: more pictures with smiling faces. I hope.
0: <laughs> I look forward to seeing those. Um, so, what kind of what kind of speeds are these students getting, and um, are there any restrictions on this network?
1: Uh, the network is part of the school. Uh, network. So it would have to be treated in the same way. So it is associated with their school program okay. and the application provided on the laptops um, and subject to their policies and, and security profiles. Uh, in terms of the speeds, they're getting hundreds of megabits and more in some locations. The capacity of the network is a lot bigger than the 1,200 students, and we can certainly expand and do more the amount of spectrum we're giving them is significant and it's spectrum that's available through CBRS, that's what enabled the speed and the capacity as the spectrum is open, is provided to the public, there is no deconflicting. There is no uh, mitigation that needs to be done with a, uh, a public network or complex RF engineering or testing to connect this to other sites. It can be treated almost like what uh, at some uh, one point, 10 years ago, we were thinking about these things called municipal Wi-Fi networks, if you remember that. And the idea was, hey, we can pr- pr- create networks that don't conflict with the public network. In essence, this is the same thing, except for 4G. And over time, we'll see these evolving to 5G networks. So dedicated spectrum, dedicated sites, dedicated support, Uh, plenty of capacity, plenty of coverage, and the ability to do even more for these students.
0: Yeah. um, So you mentioned the grant funding earlier. How important is access to grant funding for you guys to be able to do deployments like this? um, Very
1: significant. it is. I mean, there is a significant amount of money that's flowing into broadband and Mm -hmm. covering the digital divide. One of the things that we've seen evolve, which we're quite pleased about, is that uh, whether it's fixed wireless or mobile wireless now is beginning to qualify in broadband connectivity because a lot of broadband is moving to wireless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as that's happening and we're working with multiple partners right now, this is one good example. We have another two or three that we'll be announcing in the next 12 months or even less where uh, our partners, whether they're school districts, whether they're private industry or uh, whether they're actual you know cities, like Tekwala, they're able to figure out how to utilize that grant funding, be able to direct it our very specific applications and needs, and able to bring people like us that are innovators uh, that can work with them to create, to be able to use that funding to create uh, competitive and uh, low-cost solutions. Um, It's essential for that, uh, you know, something like Uh, 90% of the geography in the world is not covered by 3G or 4G or 5G networks. So you know that there is a massive demand for it. And the number of students that don't have access is quite significant. So without public support, it's just not possible to go charge these 1,200 students what it takes to build a network. So what we hope to do is start with 1,200 and then begin to build more applications and support on them because the same network can support a lot of other activities. And so over time, as uh, we get the first application working, we can build more scale even on top of the scale that we have today. And I think you're going to begin to see that.
0: OK, so since we're talking about grants a little bit, um, I'm just going to jump around and sure. talk about the BEAD program for a moment, because I'm curious if that's of interest to you guys. Of course, I'm talking about the $42.45 billion broadband equity access and deployment program. Sure. Um, States are almost done working on their initial proposals. um, And I guess we'll start seeing grants roll out probably early 2025. Um, So how are you guys looking at that program? Obviously, it has a fiber uh, focus to it, but do you see opportunities for federated? And if so, where?
1: Absolutely. I think the way we're looking at it right now is we're going to start as fiber, and a lot of the fiber operators are going to add and attach wireless to them. We have at least one uh, major partner right now that's gone through and, you know, from a previous program and got approval for their fiber subsidy. And so they're covering, you know, a uh, a, a state, I, I can't really disclose the state, but lots and lots of communities that don't have coverage. And so the minute they mapped out their plans and funding for, now I have these, you know, 60 little towns that now have fiber under this plan, what can I do, what else do they want? And the first thing that their users are telling them is that can we add uh, mobile to it? Um, and so um, it may not look like what we're doing here in Tekwala, which are very specific around students. I like mm-hmm. that. Applic- there are in other places where people are focused on uh, what I would call a, uh, a cable-like packaging. You know, I have fiber, but I really want true 5G in my home and in my neighborhood and i don't have anything at all the, this is a you know, there will be many different cases to make in some cases like Tikwala, it's about people that don't have good coverage even though there is infrastructure in the city because of yeah. economics because of whatever the the divide looks like in that city there'll be other places where there's nothing and you have to start with a fiber connectivity first before you do anything That's where that program is going to be most helpful, is places that don't have anything. Fiber comes in first, and then there's a lot of different mobile partnerships that can come on top of it, and that's how we're seeing it. There's a third flavor we're seeing, where it's sort of, I would call it bring your own uh, type coverage, where you're beginning to see innovators that are using CBRS and working with us to be able to figure out how to incent uh, communities to stitch together their own networks that's a little more complex and without a subsidy, that's quite difficult. Yeah. Um, so I, I can tell you that the broadband program is essential. Um, I think fiber is a very important component, but it's not the only component. A wireless component will become essential in the next five, 10 years. In pieces, we will see it everywhere. We're looking at innovators now to start the programs, but to show what it looks like and we'll build on it.
0: Um, your answers. Your answer is interesting to me because, uh, you know, I've spoken to a lot of fixed wireless providers and and people in the wireless space who are pretty upset about the bead programs focus on fiber. Um, but the way that you're describing it, it almost sounds like the bead program is going to help subsidize the fiber that you guys need in order to mm-hmm. build your business, correct?
1: That, that is true, because the number one hurdle right now for fixed wireless deployments and for some of these ad hoc mobile network, it's no longer the mobile network. We can give yeah. you free spectrum. We can give you really cheap equipment and support. We can give you complete service packages. We can give you integration all the way to the laptop. If you add what Apple has done with iOS 17 now for CBRS, which is completely allowed users to do whatever they want on them, which is a revolution that's about to come. If you add in what we're doing in neutral host, which is, interoperability between public and private networks. That's what we're pioneering now in Cal Poly, and you're going to see a lot more there. We have all the tools. Uh, Fiber, ultimately, you need uh, innovators in the space, like the Tikwala team, Mm -hmm. like Cal Poly others, to be able to work with people like us. You need fiber in the ground that you can connect to. You don't need it everywhere. You just need enough of it to build on it. You don't need fiber to every classroom. You don't need fiber to every building but you need enough just to be able to get, especially to the remote communities. And then you need funding sources to be able to do that because without some sort of subsidy or support, it is very hard to build a business case completely on advertising or, or charging users. In these cases, the users aren't covered, not because you know we don't have enough good companies in the U.S. and good technology, it's because the economics just don't work. And so without an economic subsidy, it doesn't work. You need all three pieces to come I would also say that nobody knows the ultimate formula. There will be many, many formulas. Um, every one of them is focused on a segment. It will look a lot like what we started seeing at the beginning of Wi-Fi, where we don't really know where Wi-Fi is gonna end up, but we knew that there's probably something has to do with a laptop and something has to do you know, with, you know. eventually it became connected to every phone, eventually became connected to every TV, eventually became the, the number one streaming source For all, we didn't anticipate all of that day one. We just knew that there's some connectivity to a short distance. This is what the space looks like right now, and subsidy is essential.
0: Right. Okay. So, um, just one final question for you then to round this out with the Tukwala deployment. Um, Just curious as you were going through this, what lessons you guys might have learned about deploying whether it's a private wireless network for a school or about using private wireless to close broadband gaps. um, What takeaways are you taking from this deployment and how do you intend to apply that to digital divide deployments going forward?
1: I think it comes down to two things. Keep it simple. Um, So focus on the one application. That's what made this very successful. We need laptops with connectivity. That makes it when people start thinking about 20 different things to put on it, and you know, that I think this is what failure looked like in my book. Um, and then two is uh, it's really about people, build the coalition, know your users, figure out what's really important and meet the demand and meet the need and figure out how to make people happy in the end of the day. The, like every other business, it's about your customer, your end user, making sure you know what they need and build the coalition to support them. So the people part is where people stumble and they get over ambitious on 700 applications for a network and these are. So keep it focused on the application, make your customer happy, you'll do more. I mean, that's really the only, I know it's simple, but truly, truly, that's what we learned.
0: Uh, that's a that's a great answer. Thank you so much, Iyad. I really enjoyed hearing about this. I look forward to seeing the photos of the smiling faces and uh, good luck. I hope you'll come back and tell us about this deployment in in another year.
1: Yep, and there'll be more deployments. Thank you Absolutely. so much.
0: Absolutely, My pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you again, Iad, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landreau, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.